0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shore Sports Network Shore Conference Tournament 2024. Uh, Shore Conference Tournament bracket reveal. Um, this is an interesting uh, setup and night we have coming for you because we've never done this before. Uh, neither We have not done this before at Shore Sports Network, and the Shore Conference has not done this before. Um, as a lot of you guys know... This was the first year that the Shore conference tournament went to the World Cup style play where you had uh, we had 11 groups this year, four teams per group. They all played through group play and the top two teams from those groups all advanced. And then they played the conventional knockout round of the Shore conference tournament. Things are going to be a little different next year. We're going to talk to Josh Mel, the uh, director of the tournament, the boys tournament, um, about some of the changes that are going to be part of next year's tournament that we're not really in play this year. I mean, it, it's going to be the basic setup, the basic idea, but there are some key differences in the details. We'll go over those. And of course, you'll see what what it looks like when the actual groups come out. Um, we're going to start, though, with just a quick recap of what's going on this year. Uh, of course, uh, as most of you guys know, the state tournament's going on for the vast majority of teams, unfortunately, the season is over, but there are some teams in the Shore conference and, of course, around the state that are still playing. And after today's action, there are five public school teams still playing for championships, uh, and it was a good day. It was a very tough quarterfinal round for the short conference, but a very good Wednesday in the semifinals. We'll start in Group 4. I had a chance to go over to Hal high school and watch the rebels take on Oldbridge in a physical game. Hal was pretty banged up right now. They were missing two starters in the game. Um, but they played well. They were very good. Uh, they got three goals, a hat trick from Tyler Bornstein who has played in the back most of the year, but pushed up today on the attack, got three goals uh, and the rebels were sharp. They had to defend set pieces. Old Bridge was very dangerous on the set pieces, but they did manage to fight those off, get the shutout, a 3-0 win. They're going to the sectional final for the second time in three years. So very good accomplishment for the Rebels. They'll be at Princeton in the sectional final. Princeton is the number one seed. They have lost just one game all year, so How will have its hands full. But How did beat Princeton two years ago on penalties. It was a first-round game. It was a 4-13 matchup where Hal went on the road and upset the Tigers in Princeton, and they'll have to do it again in order to win their first sectional final since 1988. That's right. 1988. The last time Howe has won a sectional title also in group four Tom's river North. I was not at that game, so I couldn't tell you as many details, but I can tell you that Anthony Ruggiero scored two goals in the first half and Tom's river North picked up a two to one win. Um, and that was at Lenape. They are the three seed. They are going to the championship game, and they are in a sectional final for the fourth time in five years. Toms River North, I mean, they've been very good, um, uh, even going back past uh, head coach Joe Mahan's tenure as head coach, but they've been a very good team since he took over, but they did have a little bit of a lull uh, maybe in like 17, 18, uh, where they, they didn't make much noise in the postseason, but ever since that 2019 team that went to a sectional final, And won a sectional final as a 16 seed. They have been pretty much automatic in the state tournament. They won the whole thing in 2019 as the 16 seed. They won the modified section in the COVID year 2020. They won another full-fledged, legitimate, if we want to call it, section in 2021. And then last year with almost an entirely new starting lineup, they went to a sectional semifinal. So they're back in the sectional final this year. They'll go to Washington Township, who dominated. Rancocas Valley today, 6-0. Washington Township is going to be a formidable team. Have a great program. They have not won a sectional title in a few years, so they're looking to reestablish themselves at the powerhouse. Tom's River North has actually been the more recent powerhouse, but uh, Washington Township is no joke. That's going to be a fun game uh, down uh, down at their place in South Jersey as North goes for a fourth sectional title in five years. Uh, What a run it's been for them. Uh, So two teams still playing in Group 4, and then you go to Group 2. Uh, also had two short conference teams playing, but they were in the same section. First was Manasquan. They finished up first up at Governor Livingston, and that was a wild one. Uh, No score through 71 minutes, 72 minutes of that game. And then the last eight was uh, a free-for-all. Manasquan, the two teams traded goals for the last eight minutes. It went to overtime. And, I mean, Manasquan wins an absolute wild one. They had a goal off a kickoff after uh, after Governor Livingston tied it at one. Christian Gonzalez scored off the kickoff to go up two one. And uh, and Manasquan ends up winning on a golden goal in the uh, about seven minutes into overtime. And the Warriors, uh, they've been a high scoring team all year. They're back in the sectional final for the first time since 2018. So they'll have a go at it on Saturday against a familiar foe in Holmdel. Uh Homedale had to survive today also in overtime, 2-1. to one, uh, They topped uh, A.L. Johnson, Arthur L. Johnson, uh, in a game that they led almost the whole way. It was 1-0, five minutes in. And they held on to that lead up until five minutes to go when Johnson caught him off guard, put one in, and all of a sudden it's going to overtime, but it did not last long. Uh, about a minute in overtime penalty kick. David Weiner finishes it off, and the Hornets are going back to the sectional final with a 2-1 win over Johnson. That's going to be on Saturday. We don't have times yet. I, uh, there's some unofficial times being thrown around, but uh, we'll have those for you either later tonight or tomorrow morning uh, for Saturday's game. Home, beat Manasquan during the regular season in overtime, 3-2. Very good game, high-scoring game. Uh, lots of chances that did not uh, did not finish for either team, but uh, it was still a 3-2 game that Holmdel won in overtime. So it should be a fun Central Jersey Group 2 final. And then the last game uh, today is uh, Shore Regional, still going on. Last update was a 2-1 lead for the Blue Devils in the final 10 minutes against Roselle Park. I have the game live-streamed on... The uh, the old uh, NFHS app here, it does not have an updated score graphic, so I'm going by the last update I saw when the camera flashed to the scoreboard, which was 2-1 to one Shore with about eight minutes to go. They're still going. That game is still being played. Shore Regional looking to win its second straight um, Central Jersey Group 1 championship after winning it all last year. They would play, uh, if Shore holds on, they would play uh, College achieves Central, which is a charter school out of Plainfield. It is still 2-1 to one with under two minutes to go uh, in West Long Branch for Shore Regional. So that's your update. We also have uh, CBA still playing. They'll play Friday against St. Augustine in the sectional uh, semifinals. That's in uh, New- uh, South Jersey, non-public A. And St. Rose is still alive. They will be hosting Princeton Day. Uh, that is non-public South B, uh, also on Friday. So those, those are two uh, Shore Conference non-publics to watch out for. At the end of the week, and uh, after that, we'll have uh, we'll have three local sectional finals, including two uh, two short teams in the Central Group Two final. So that's your recap for uh, the games today, uh, and that's what we're looking like for the big finish in the sectional finals, the sectional semis, and the non-publics. And then hopefully, we'll have some teams playing for uh, group championships going into next week. We're going to take a quick break. I know uh, everybody's here to see the big reveal. I uh, just wanted to get you caught up on today's action, get you primed for the big 2024 reveal. We're going to bring Josh Mel on here and kind of get an idea of what the changes were, and then we're going to show you the teams and, uh, and how everything fell. We're just going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Stick around.
1: The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above.
2: Major distribution labels call me bad bunny. Numbers, this a robbery. Five hundred million just for Aubrey. Yeah, major distribution, high popping Mention me to be the hottest topic. Same place you singing your f- shopping.
3: you so- people come into the recovery lounge here and actually ask, what's the big difference between the infrared sauna and the traditional sauna that's sitting behind me here? There's really not a humongous difference in the actual benefits. It's really within the experience. So the infrared sauna is going to be a lot milder of a heat. You're going to be able to sit in there, converse with your friends, converse with whoever's sitting next to you. Where in the traditional sauna, it's going to be a lot more of an intense heat. It might almost feel like they're getting put through a workout. You might actually be out of breath and reducing the fact that you might not be talking with that person next to you. So with the benefit You know, you're gonna have a lot of similarities, you're gonna have improved athletic recovery, a big one improved cardiovascular health, improved stress, improved skin and anti-aging benefits. While the experience may be different between these two saunas, the benefits are similar, the choice is yours.
4: Imagine if there was a pill that could strip fat off your body, elevate your mood, improve your emotional state. force oxygen into the core of your body and cause your liver, lungs, pancreas, kidneys, and brain to receive more oxygen and elevate your mood, you'd be taking that pill every day. And that's exactly what Cold Water Immersion does.
1: Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above.
2: Call me Bad Bunny, no, was this a robbery? 500 million just for Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, major distribution high popping. Mention me to be the hottest topic. Same place you singing shopping. Okay.
1: Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding, too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above.
0: Welcome back. We have here Scott Martin, who is the head honcho at Shore Sports Network. He's going to be walking us through the, uh, the big reveal, walking through the teams. And then, uh, I'll give some input once we, uh, once we get a look, um, Scott, uh, just kind of tell us, uh, what's been going on at shore sports network. Like what's, what, what what's, what's it been like so far in the first few months?
5: Yeah, I've been just trying to, you know, you guys have been doing this for a long time. So try not to mess that up. That's the big goal.
0: <laughs> the number one thing
5: don't that, mess up something that's that, already good. That that
0: sounds like the job description. That's that's what <laughs> yeah, we've been doing yeah. for a while hopefully. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get to the big reveal. I guess we'll uh we'll get right to it and uh Scott take it away.
5: All right, so we are going to start with the group A for the boys. I'm just pulling it up. In uh, group A, the the one seed is the Holmdale Hornets. We've got the Toms River East Raiders, the St. Rose Purple Roses,
0: the Ranny Panthers. And the Donovan Catholic Griffins. Yeah. So this is interesting. Uh, th- one of the things about this year is th- the divisions are different this year. So you have different teams in a North different, different teams in a central. So Homedale is now an a North team. Um, you don't really have any, any games in this, or any matchups in this group that are like traditional rivals. You will probably see that down the line. Um, but in this one yeah you have so Toms River East uh, they're going to have Bobby Calvo back and goal next year that's the that's a team that was really tough in this year's tournament having a big keeper like that they'll have a mix of players back Homedale obviously is the name that catches everybody's eye and they were the, they were the big story this year having missed out on the tournament as a as a team that started the year number 2 and everybody assumed they would be a contender and because of this format they were they got put into what you might call the group death and they got bounced by Central in that uh on that last Saturday before uh before the seeding. Uh but they're gonna be a different a little bit different team. They lose some good seniors. They will they are due to have uh Stepan Kapronoff back. Um, you know, it's it's soccer. You never know who's gonna make it to the roster next year because of academy commitments and and college and and all that. But if he's in the mix next year, they're gonna be good. Uh he's Arguably the best best player in the Shore right now is a junior, so he's the headliner in that, in that group. And then you look down the line, you know, St. Rose, a lot of seniors this year, so they may not be quite as good as they have been this year. randy has got some youth, but um, you know, kind of a longer way to go to get into that echelon where they're in the Shore Conference tournament. And then Donovan Catholic's been a rebuilding program; they're young, so they should be improved. Uh, I, you know, I look at this and. And one of the things to remember this year, and we're going to talk about this with Josh Mell when he comes on uh, in the next segment is as you notice, there are five teams in the group this year versus four teams last year. And this uh, next year, when we get to this tournament, it's going to be the top three seeds going on to the, um, onto the knockout round. So you're going to have 27 teams uh, in the mix there. So um, yeah, interesting group. Uh I think you'd have to still consider Holmdel the favorite, even though there's going to be some uncertainty. You never know what these teams are going to look like, but Tom's River East, uh, I think you have to like the draw if you're Tom's River East uh, and St. Rose, given given that Homedale will have a li- just a little bit of uncertainty. But yeah, not a not a group that strikes me as the group of death, though. But uh, anyway, that's enough of a. I'm, I've gone on enough about. About group. I'll try to keep it quicker on these well on I, these dissections.
5: I'll save this for uh, more for Josh to to go over. But in case anybody is wondering, the way that they did do it was they they built out the seedings themselves, and then there was an uh, there was a random number generator that then created the groups. So everybody got their seedings one through five, and then the groups were created after that.
0: Yeah, that's correct. So it's it it's ran it's it you're seated based on your PowerPoint. So the 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 not ni- there are gonna be nine groups. Nine one seeds, and those teams are all ordered by your PowerPoints from the last two years. And then once you once out of those one seeds, it's a random draw. So Homedell being with Tom's River East, being with St. Rose, they're all on the same seed line that they would have been on, but getting paired with one another is is random essentially. So Homedale is a one seed, East was a two seed, St. Rose a three, and on down the line, Randy four, Donovan Catholic five. And uh, But they were randomly put together.
5: All right, on to uh, Group B. So Group B, we've got CBA, uh, the Colts, the number one overall seed, uh, Middletown South Eagles, Manchester Hawks, St. John Vianney Lancers, and the Monmouth Regional Falcons.
0: Yeah, no surprise that CBA is number one. They have three-time champs, 13-time overall champs. Uh, they'll be a three-time defending champion. Uh, going into next season, which will be the first time that's happened in and last
5: week's Jersey Mike's Team of the Week. And
0: last week's Jersey Mike's Team of the Week. Not sure they have cashed in on that uh, <laughs> on that gift card yet. But I got it. I got a text from a baseball coach today who just who they just used oh, really? their gift card today. <laughs> so they last for a while. Uh, if but if you have seniors on your team, you should probably you Should them. probably do that the same year. Just a recommendation. Anyway, back to the Group B. Um, yeah. So this is what I was talking about. CBA and Middletown South, traditional A-North rivals. I, I mean, Middletown South's the first short conference team to beat CBA since the beginning of last year and the only short conference team to beat CBA this year. And here they have uh, they have each other in the same group. But, of course, they won't be in A-North together next year, so it'll make for a really good rivalry game in group play. And it's probably, you know, you're probably looking at at. The, the group being on the line when those two teams play However, St. John Vianney Is the team to watch next year, they don't have a lot Of seniors, they had a very Good season this year, Uh, won Class B Central, uh, I think Everybody kind of just, is, I know talking To coaches, sometimes I tell them that St. John Vianney Actually won the B Central Championship And they're surprised, because they, St. Rose has had such A good year, but Vianney is the B Central Champion this year, they've got a lot of guys coming Back, they'll be the division favorites going into Next year, and they're going to be interesting. I would put them as one of the teams that I think you'd expect to advance out of this, even though they're the number four Manchester's got some players back, but they lose uh, their all their single season uh, goal scoring uh, leader. Now, Joey Kerak, who is a senior, uh, but they've got, they had a good year, won a division co-title. And so this is a pretty good group. Um, Monmouth regional young team, but a young team that did advance this year. So you have, Mammoth Regional advanced to the Shore Conference knockout this year. Middletown South advanced, CBA advanced. Both top 10 teams, Manchester code division champion and St. John Vianney a division champion. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of accomplishment in this group. So definitely one to watch. I I I don't want to call it a group of death yet, but if you have CBA in your group, <laughs> you're you're automatically hanging on by a thread. But it's int- CBA is going to be graduating some talent this year. They only start two juniors. So You know, it could be a year where next year might be a year to get them. Yeah. It might be a year to get them. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But if it's a year to get them, I don't think it's a year to knock them out in group play. I think they'll be okay there. But there are some viable teams in in this group. So it should be an interesting one. I I, I like this group's very interesting. Call me interested.
5: All right. On to uh, boys group C. We've got the Howell Rebels at number one the central regional golden Eagles at number two, the shore regional blue devils, brick green dragons and the red bank regional bucks.
0: Another really interesting one. Well, the first thing that jumps out is how and central are in the same group. Again, that was, that was the group of death this year. That was how central Homedale, Manchester. Those were four very good teams to be in the same group as one another. Um, Central is going to lose a couple seniors, but they do have some young talent. I wouldn't expect them to fall off much next year, if at all. Uh, I think they're still going to be in the mix in that A-South race, which means they're going to be a pretty viable team here. Hal might be the tournament favorites. Uh, as, As good as CBA has been and as much as you have to respect what they've done as a program, you know, churning through players, graduating them, replacing them, Hal's got six junior starters. Um, and, and those six juniors are key on their team. And you kind of saw them today. They had some guys banged up and they just kept running guys in there who contributed. So how, how might be the favorite next year? And they're, they're not an easy draw. It's, and you know, it's not an easy draw for them. And it's certainly not an easy draw for the other teams. I mean, Central's good. And then there's Shore, which is another young team just finished up a two, one win over shore uh, over uh Roselle park rather to uh, advance to the sectional Uh, championship in Central Jersey one Um, that's a that's a team with some championship pedigree too Um, and so it's going to be tough for Red Bank and brick both of whom I think are going to be are going to be pretty excited about next year with with what they have coming back Red Bank in particular is interesting Dave Santos took that job and he's he's been you know he did really really special things with the Marlboro program he's been an assistant at CBA and I think the expectation is that it's not going to be long before Red Bank is is a very tough team to beat in the short conference. How long it takes for that project to, to really fulfill its potential remains to be seen, but coming out of this group is not going to be easy. Having to deal with Hal and central and shore, you know, brick was, has been pesky to end the year. Tough, very tough group. Another tough one. Group C might, uh, might, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one be the toughest when we, uh, when we get to the end.
5: All right, moving on to boys group D. We've got the Tom's River North Mariners at number one, the Freehold Township Patriots, the Tom's River South Indians, the Matawan Huskies, and the Point Beach Garnet Goals.
0: Yeah, well, right, the two teams at the top jump out obviously as as they would in most, in most groups, but they they're especially interesting for me because you know they had some battles a couple years ago. They were they played one another uh, in the Shore Conference semifinals. Uh, as I look at uh, their former coach outside there. Uh, Josh Mell, who was the coach of Friel Township during those years, had some great battles that year in 2001. Tom's River North got him in the, in the short conference semis, and then Friel Township got him back in penalties in the state tournament. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Tom's River North is going to be very good again next year. Friel Township had – this was the first year they'd been under 500 in like 20 years, um, but I would expect them to be back next year with with more experience. They did not have a lot of starters back next year, so it was a tough year for them. But I would still expect them to be in the mix. Toms River South, very junior heavy team, should be better next year. You know, Matawan ha- also has some key guys who will be back next year. And Matawan and Toms River South were in the same group in this year's short conference tournament. And you have Point Beach, who's a group one school, very, very young. Um, I, st- I think they're probably a couple years away from really hitting their their peak with this particular group. Um, but there may be some room to to make some noise in, in this group for them too. But when you ha- you're talking about Tom's River North and and Freel Township and Tom's River South, those are some big programs, and uh, it, you know that's a tough that's that's a tough road to sled for for the likes of uh, of Matawan and Point Beach. But I, I, they have enough back to to keep it interesting.
5: All right, moving on to Group E. Group E starts out with the Long Branch Green Wave, uh, Southern Regional Rams pull a two seed. Ocean Township Spartans at number three, the Brick Memorial Mustangs and the Asbury Park Blue Bishops.
0: Yeah, this is this is an interesting one because, um, you know, Long Branch, I think they'll have a pretty good team next year, but I, I think the number two seed is probably the favorite in this. Southern has a lot of talent back, very junior and sophomore heavy. They were... They went right down to the wire in the A-South race and lost a tough game to Jackson. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I like what they have coming back next year. I think they'll pro- they're number five in our rankings now, and I think they're probably going to be in that range to start the year without making any commitments. Uh, so I, I like Southern in this group. And then Ocean, you know, Ocean is always a quality. I, I'm kind of surprised to see them in, a, in the three-seed line. They're, they're the kind of program you expect to see with the twos. Uh, maybe not quite the one-seed. Uh, these days, but they seem like they're probably a very strong number three. I wouldn't be surprised if they were right on that two-three border. If if we broke it down, um, Brick Memorial is a team that played a lot of teams tough this year, um, and then Asbury Park. You you don't know. I mean, like there are years where they run out of team where you're just like, oh, we we didn't know this was coming. They they run out a bunch of guys who can who are really good on the ball and and can beat you um, once they get rolling. So. Yeah, I, I, first thing that jumps out is is uh, Southern is a team I really like next year, and I, yeah, you know, I, I like I, you, I, those top three teams are probably going to be the teams that advance. But uh, I think figuring out who's going to win it is is going to be interesting. And I think Southern is in pretty good position.
5: All right, moving on. Group F: The Point Borough Panthers pulled the one seed. The Middletown North Lions, the Lacey Lions, the Freehold Borough Colonials the Barnegat Bengals in the five spot and the Keyport Red Raiders in the six spot.
0: Well, this is our six team group. Uh, it's funny because there were uh, 11 groups last year and 45 teams, which means of course there was one group that had to have five teams while the rest of them had four. If that was the format uh, again, this year there would have been two five team groups, but because they shrunk to nine groups instead of 11, now there's still one group. Group That's going to have an extra team. And for the second year in a row, that extra team is Keyport. Um, You also have Barnegat in there. Uh, Both those teams coming off of uh, challenging years in their own right. Both, both really young Keyports had a young team. It seems like for several years now and Barnegat Barnegat's going to have some good talent coming back next year. I think they will be more competitive. Same goes for freehold borough working our way up. Um, I think they can probably compete for one of those top, top three spots this year, along with the top three, another group. I like the number two seed, uh, as the favorite. I mean, Middletown North has a lot of junior talent coming back. They had a lot of talent coming back this year, so they're not going to be as experienced next year, but you know, traditional a North team, uh, they won't be in a North next year, but that's a good group. And then point Burrow, um, you know, point Burrow is going to be an a South team next year. They're going to have a very tough division Schedule relative to what they're used to, but I think this group is manageable for them. They play Lacey, Lacey Point Borough is a good rivalry from B South, but they're in different divisions next year, so um, they'll reprise their rivalry in the Group F group play uh, in in what should be a fairly wide open group. I think I, I think there are, this could go a couple different ways with Middletown North, the tentative favorite.
5: All right, moving on, we got Group G. Number one is the Marlboro Mustangs, followed by the Wall Crimson Knights. The This is the actual newcomer here. This That's is right. the sixth team. The New Egypt Warriors, newcomer to the Shore conference next year. The Neptune Scarlet Flyers and the Pinelands Wildcats.
0: Yeah, put the new in New Egypt. Um, it's, they're a group one team. So again, I, it's kind of surprising to see them on three line. I, I I would liken them to kind of a point beach. Um, point beach is sitting in a five spot, new Egypt's in a three. So I don't know how that plays around with how the teams get lined up, but Neptune and Pineland's both coming off down years for them. Neptune. I think the only reason they're off the five line is because two last year in 2022, they were very good, but they lost a lot of talent, changed head coaches. Um, and they're going to lose some more experience going into next year. So, um, I think that makes this a good draw for a Marlboro and a wall. Um, I think you could pretty much bank on those two teams. Marlboro, a traditionally strong a North team wall. I mean, wall's always competitive, Um, always in the mix in the state tournament and always a very tough out in the short conference tournament. I think those two teams, you got to feel like they're virtual locks in this group. Um, But I'd say Pinelands is a team that could, that could take advantage of this. I think they're a young team this year. They made some strides. Uh, I think you got to like this draw off your pine lands and we'll see. And we get to see what new Egypt's made of. I, I, it's really exciting to see what they're going to bring to the Shore conference. We've gotten to see them in the state tournament from time to time, but uh, we'll see what they can do next year. All right, moving on. We got two groups left for the boys. So we've got group H
5: leading off with the Rumpson Fairhaven Bulldogs followed by the Jackson Memorial Jaguars, the Manalapan Braves, the Lakewood Piners and the Henry Hudson Admirals.
0: Yeah, so there's already some crossover from this past year. Rumson and Lakewood shared a group last year, um, and it was really the only game that Lakewood didn't either win or almost win. Uh, Rumson beat them 4-1. to one. Uh, Lakewood was very – Lakewood was good this year. They they gave Holmdel a game in the Coaches' Cup. Um, they were a dominant team uh, in B south once they got their whole team together again, it's a, it's a seat, like it's one of those teams where you have to see what, what guys get on the field. They have a lot of, there's just a lot going on, uh, talking to Gene Drum right their coach, a lot of years, you have guys who have jobs and, and there are all kinds of off the field stuff that guys have to overcome, um, that to get on the field and, and to have a full team, but it's a fun team. I, I always like going to check out Lakewood. They they've got some guys who can play and they've been a fun team this year. It was a shame they didn't make the, the state tournament. Cause I I thought they could have made some noise. Even in group four, which I don't I'm not sure how they ended up in group four, but um good year for them. Uh Manalpin always oh, a strong, not an A North team next year, which is interesting. And Rumpson Fairhaven is. That's gonna take some getting used to for the old schoolers like or somewhat old schoolers like me. Um Jackson Memorial, A South, tough team. Uh Manalpin and Jackson Memorial in the same group is uh that's going to be a battle for a team like Rumson having to go through both those teams. Those are, those are traditionally very physical, tough teams to play. So rumps going to have their hands full in in that group. They have a pretty good team coming back though. uh, The Bulldogs. So I would expect them to be the tentative favorite there. Manalpin's got, I think 19 seniors. So they're going to look a lot different next year. Jackson's pretty senior heavy. So there's going to be a new look for a couple of teams in this group. uh, And rumps should be able to take advantage. But again, we're sitting here in November of 2023 talking about a tournament that will be decided in about 11 months. So, a lot of soccer and a lot of other stuff to be decided.
5: Before we move on, I do have to throw out for Jackson. Props to our one of our camera guys, Peyton Collimore, plays for the Jackson Jaguar, uh, Jackson Jags. Yes, he's got Peyton, some games for us.
0: Peyton's great. I, I and I still apologize for missing his goal when I went to go see them yeah. against Wall. He asked me, and I said, "I'm sorry, I missed it. It happened too quickly." Yeah, he's done some. He's good better. He's better than I am. <laughs>
5: All right, so moving on to the last group for boys, we've got Group I. Leading off, the Manisquan Warriors pull the one seed, Colts Neck Cougars, Jackson Liberty Lions, the Raritan Rockets, and the Red Bank Catholic Casey's.
0: Well, here, here you have a rivalry. It's Manisquan-Colts Neck. They went down to the wire in, in the B North race this year. They played a 5-3 game, two, two teams that scored a lot of goals and gave up a lot of goals this year. And uh, who knows if that's going to be the case next year, but both have a lot of guys coming back or at least some key guys coming back. Colts next got almost the whole team coming back and they're going to be, they're going to have, they've got a little gap to close when it comes to uh, you know, Hal and CBA, but with the talent they have coming back, they could be a very interesting team in this tournament. And going to be the same thing. They've got some guys who can play, uh, who were set to come back, good set of juniors and sophomores. So Manasquan remains a team to watch next year. Colts might be among the favorites by the time we get to September of 2024 and certainly into the tournament. And then, you know, Raritan, I thought, had a good year, uh, had a tough exit in the state tournament, but was very tough in the short conference. They were they were another team that did not benefit from their draw in this tournament this year, uh, having to play against St. Rose and Manasquan and and uh, Freehold Township, but they got a win over Freehold Township and and almost got in. Uh, so they'll have they'll have Manistow in their group again. Um, and then you know Jackson Liberty, they just had kind of some poor timing going into a South this year because they graduated so much from 2022. Uh, so they'll be a more experienced team next year uh, than they were this year. Red Bank Catholics got a lot of making up to do. Uh, they did get a win this year, um, and you know they they were the at the bottom of their group uh this year so i would I, you would anticipate they'll be they'll be projected to be at the bottom next year uh but you never know it's a it's a private school things can change so quickly yeah. with with guys going there you never know but um yeah looking at this I, that manasquan Neck battle is going to be fun and, and raritan is always interesting you, raritan can make some noise they they play people tough so if jackson liberty brings it next year it could be a that could be an interesting play for number three in that in that group.
5: Yeah, I know Scott Stump in football like to do that. Uh, the all name list. Raritan's got the Andrew Bottalamenti.
0: Yeah, oh, there's soccer. always a, there's always a few uh, all name teams, and soccer tends to have. Uh, Manasquan also has Jorge Cruz. Cruz. Oh yeah, yeah. One Cruz is not enough. Never, not enough. Never enough.
5: <laughs> all right. So before we cut to the break, I do want to just say coming in to Shore Sports Network. Uh, we have some of our sponsors that, that make all of this possible. Jersey Mike's always comes through clutch. They people have asked me, Jersey Mike's is like legitimately a good company. Like if anybody's ever met the CEO, he actually, he actually cares about the short conference community. So it's a big thanks to Jersey Mike's. Uh, we've got, uh, thrive spine and sports rehab out out of Belmar doing a lot for the community. Uh, iron house performance center over in West freehold, uh, they're tr- they, they work a lot with some of the Holmdel athletes, Colts Neck athletes. Uh, it's like a private setting, so uh, Ant does a great job over there. And then uh, and Brielle Orthopedics has, has been around for uh, supporting us for a long time. So um, with all the changes coming in, it's, it's just really appreciated that they're sticking with us and they, they're they allowing us to grow and do the things that we want to do like this, this. This is all possible because of them.
0: Yeah, sounds like their own little – group
5: yeah yeah that's their group yeah
0: group j group j
5: <laughs> jersey Mikes. yeah <laughs> all right so uh we will cut the break and we're gonna bring back josh mel and uh nick lowe's in the house for girls soccer as well for the girls group reveal be back shortly
1: getting that perfect slice is satisfying fulfilling and rewarding too but we don't do it for fun we do it for fresh slice to order makes a sub above. Whatever you want to do. Oh, okay. um.
2: mm-hmm. Major distribution labels call me Bad Bunny, no one's this a robbery 500 million just for Aubrey mm-hmm. Major distribution, high popping Mention me to be the hottest topic Same place you singing, shopping Okay
3: come into the recovery lounge here and actually ask, what's the big difference between the infrared sauna and the traditional sauna that's sitting behind me here? There's really not a humongous difference in the actual benefits. It's really within the experience. So the infrared sauna is gonna be a lot milder over heat. You're gonna be able to sit in there, converse with your friends, converse with whoever's sitting next to you. Where in the traditional sauna, it's gonna be a lot more of an intense heat. It might almost feel like you are getting put through a workout. You might actually be out of breath and reducing the fact that you might not be talking with that person next to you. So with the benefits though, You know, you're gonna have a lot of similarities. You're gonna have improved athletic recovery, a big one, improved cardiovascular health, improved stress, improved skin and anti-aging benefits. Well, the experience may be different between these two saunas. The benefits are similar, the choice is yours.
4: Imagine if there was a pill that could strip fat off your body, elevate your mood, improve your emotional state, um, force oxygen into the core of your body and cause your liver, lungs, pancreas, kidneys, and brain to receive more oxygen and elevate your mood. You'd be taking that pill every day. And that's exactly what cold water immersion does.
1: Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We have a guest before we get to Josh Mel. And he is the striker, the junior striker of the Hal Rebels. It's Nick DeTuro. And uh, Nick, I wanted to talk to you because I think you guys, good chance you might be the favorites going into next year's tournament. But uh, I'm guessing you're not thinking about teams like Central, Shore, Brick, and Red Bank Regional because you guys have another team to think about on Saturday in Princeton after you guys won today against Old Bridge. And I just wanted to get your thoughts about Playing in a sectional final again, I know you got a chance to jump into varsity last year as a sophomore. So getting to play in a sectional final, this will be an, even though it's the second time in three years for how it'll be a first for you and a lot of your junior teammates.
6: Um, last year making it to the semis was, was huge for us. Um, uh, me being a sophomore, it was just, it was just a completely new feeling that I'd never had. Uh, but we, unfortunately we couldn't get the job done and make it to the finals and even get a chance. Uh, but I'm I'm really, really excited to see what we got on Saturday. Uh,
0: what's been the talk about Princeton so far? You guys just got through Old Bridge. It was a pretty physical game. Uh, have you guys had a chance to talk much about about anything about Princeton, even, even in just some of the talks? They're the number one seed, so I'm sure you guys have thrown around some ideas about what they are. They have one loss, but do you have any, uh, any preconceived notions going
6: in? I mean, obviously seeing they only have one loss in the years, uh, A little bit intimidating, but we're always up for any challenge and, um, you know, I play a lot of games, we don't do as many. So um, anything could happen. Um, Two versus one, it's just the way the game goes. Um, We're really worried about ourselves right now uh, with our injuries and everything and seeing how that goes, but um, I think no matter the opponent, we're going to give it everything we got.
0: Yeah, two starters out today. A few other guys limping off. It's uh, it's that time of year. Right? That's what uh, your coach Rich Euro was saying. Just it's that time of year. A bunch of teams are going through it. But I thought I thought it was a pretty encouraging game today with guys out. Guys stepped up. There, you know, you don't know how some of these guys are going to play. But I thought you had a lot of guys step up today. Tyler Bornstein obviously comes up and scores three goals. Yeah. Uh, but that, it was it was one of those games.
6: Yeah, I mean we made it work. Uh, with what we had you know i there was even when when ty went out hurt, i didn't even know he was hurt uh i went and looked back and saw him limping off and i was like all right here we go again another yeah ty laser,
0: yeah yep. yeah
6: so we had uh we moved everybody around we made it work uh we fought right to the end and that's that's all you could ask for
0: yeah and it's a great any, anytime you get to a sectional final it is a great year but it, it's got to be pretty fun the, the euro hasn't won one he's been to a few of them in his in his 30 years there and it should be a fun game. What do you think about, uh? what's been the talk about like this short conference uh, format? You guys came out as a group winner this year in a very tough group, having to play Central in, in a game that was pretty close into the second half. You guys played a tie against Homedale. We didn't even make it out of the group. Um, and, you know, looking at this group next year, it's going to be pretty, is going to have a good team next year and you guys are paired with them. Central should be pretty good again. RBR, it, you know, didn't make it this year, but they, uh, they're, they're, they're going to, it's going to, it might take another couple of years. I don't know how long it's going to take, but you know, as long as Dave Santos is there, they're going to be good at some point. Yeah. Um, I, and then, so what do you, what do you, what's been, what is the talk about something like this? I know you have a bigger fish to fry for now, but what do you think, especially with a team with so many juniors, what do you think about this?
6: Yeah. I mean, it's a new format. Uh, I know the guys, like we were actually talking about it, seeing the reveal, um, seeing a couple of teams from, from, I mean this, this year, uh we know what they're capable of but obviously guys are going to step up next year guys are going to graduate um same goes for us but our junior class that we have now we're we're ready like we've been playing with each other for our entire lives um so I think we're only going to get better and stronger
0: and last one before I let you go what is how have you guys avoided the trap of saying we're juniors we'd like to win but we know we have another year left to do it. How have you avoided, even going back to last year, how have you avoided falling into that trap of, of leaning on the, the extra year that you guys have together and doing so well this year?
6: Yeah, so I think um, last year, uh, just because me, it was mostly me and Ty uh, playing as sophomores and thinking, well, we still have two more years, Was it's always in the back of your mind. But you don't just want to win it for yourselves. You want to win it for the guys around you and for the school. Um, nothing's ever guaranteed. Uh, you never know what could happen with injuries and everything like that. So we make the most out of what we have. And uh, we give it everything we got because we have nothing to lose.
0: Yeah. And you do have a good group of seniors. It's not like you're just a bunch of juniors running around with, with no seniors. a very good group of seniors at HAL who will go out on Saturday and try to bring home a sectional title for the first time in 35 years. My goodness, that's... a It's a long time, almost as long as I've been around this place. Um, Nick, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you jumping on with us, uh, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll take a break and be back with Josh.
1: The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above.
2: 500 million just for Aubrey <laughs> Yeah Major distribution high poppin' Mention me to be the hottest topic Same place you singin' shoppin' Okay
3: So check it. So many people come into the recovery lounge here and actually ask what's the big difference between the infrared sauna and the traditional sauna that's sitting behind me here. There's really not a humongous difference in the actual benefits. It's really within the experience. So the infrared sauna is gonna be a lot milder of a heat. You're gonna be able to sit in there, converse with your friends, converse with whoever's sitting next to you. Where in the traditional sauna, it's gonna be a lot more of an intense heat. It might almost feel like they're getting put through a workout. You might actually be out of breath and reducing the fact that you might not be talking with that person next to you. So with the benefits, though, you know, you're going to have a lot of similarities. You're going to have improved athletic recovery, a big one, improved cardiovascular health, improved stress, improved skin and anti-aging benefits. Well, the experience may be different between these two saunas. The benefits are similar. The choice is yours.
4: Imagine if there was a pill that could strip fat off your body, elevate your mood, improve your emotional state. Um force oxygen into the core of your body and cause your liver, lungs, pancreas, kidneys, and brain to receive more oxygen and elevate your mood. You'd be taking that pill every day. And that's exactly what Cold Water Immersion does.
1: Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above.
0: Welcome back. We've got the boys tournament director Josh Mel here. Uh, if you uh, are privy to what we've done earlier this year, we had Josh on talking about this year's tournament. So we're gonna have him on to talk a little bit about what next year is gonna look like. And I guess the first question, Josh, is what were some of the critiques that led to the changes this year? The main changes being you have five team groups instead of four team groups. Uh, three are gonna get through to the next around instead of two so you're gonna have 27 teams in the knockout versus 22. what were that and other things what what sort of uh what sort of went into these changes
7: yeah um so again thanks thanks to you scott for having me on um i I think the big thing was that you know the first first time you're doing something right we talked about this it's it's uh it's definitely a work in progress right um and one of the things you know again being a former coach is uh getting the feedback from the coaches and 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 hearing what they like what they didn't like um the feedback overwhelmingly was positive throughout the entirety of the uh of the tournament uh, and the process but the the main feedback was you know no wild cards um because it's too subjective and we didn't do that this year obviously right,
0: very. That was yeah. The there was thought that maybe in addition to the twenty two teams that did get in, maybe you throw another team in there based on the fact that they tied or that they had some sort of, you know, external uh, adversity that maybe, or in some cases, this this team's too good to not make yeah. it. Like home yeah,
7: and and yeah, right. Listen, um, there there were. Uh, a few teams in that category this year and you want the best teams in the tournament. Right. And that's something that we want as tournament directors, ADs, obviously coaches, we want the best teams. We want the best tournament possible. So um, the, the main feedback that people wanted was five teams in a group um, just to have one more game. And they wanted the top three to come out of those groups. Um, so that's what we, that's what we did. Yeah. Um, we're going to go 2017 field, no wild cards. Um, and anybody who doesn't qualify for the short conference tournament will qualify for the coaches.
0: And a 27 team field is more representative of like the short conference tournaments past than a 22 team. You typically would get like 25 to 29 teams in most years. So 27 is like pretty much in that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to ask, so tell me about the seating and the PowerPoints and drawing up the, what made you want to go into more of a random draw where you have these, you have, Nine one seeds, nine two seeds, nine three seeds, mm-hmm. and four or five, so on, and then you're, you're the random draw. And and wh- I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into this, into a subjective commentary like this, but wh- like one thing that surprised me is Point Burrow is among the the one seeds. Yeah. Um, when you have like you know, t- Middletown Norths had two very good years in a row. Uh, Colts next year has won two division titles in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think it ended up? how did it play out where the teams we saw in these spots ended up in those spots?
7: Yeah. I mean, um, the biggest thing is that, you know, we don't, uh, you coaches know their teams, you know, coaches who, who go and scout and see other teams and they know these teams and and there's a lot of really good teams in the short conference. Right. So that's, that's never been debatable, but the, the main component here is you can't go off the eye test. It has to be metrics. There has to be data. It can't be subjective. Right. So, um, One of the things that we we didn't want to get into, you know, the other thing that coaches didn't want, which, you know, I fundamentally agree with, too, is you don't want to play teams in your division in these groups. Right. Yes. Right. So was there a way to do it? How do you do that with now adding a a fifth team into that group? So we did it a lot like the like FIFA does with the World Cup. Right. And we made pots where you had your number one seeds, your two seeds, your three seeds, your four seeds, and your five seeds. So those teams were all grouped separately. Um, the, the PowerPoint totals, the two-year average of PowerPoints, when you look at those, those formulas, those were the top nine teams. And then you had your next, you know, 10 through 18 and so on and so forth. Um, so they were grouped accordingly that way. Uh, you know, and now going to a three-team field coming out of the group stages, the, the fact of the matter is no matter what, even if you qualify for the tournament, you still have to beat a good team. Yes. Um, but if you get in, you deserve to get in. So when we when we drew the numbers coming across one of the things i think that coaches also wanted to see and that we wanted to see is you don't want to see the same teams yearly in groups right you want to have it be different you want to have it be kind of unique each year um now going into a two year schedule where you're going to be locked into your division yeah. schedule for two years you know you want to have
0: maybe yeah. and there's only so much you can do with that cuz like you're already trying to avoid division opponents and now you're talking about avoiding yeah back to back years of pod opponent or you know, I mean, yeah. And
7: listen, they're right. Like, like as, as you and Scott pointed out, there's, there's a couple of teams, a couple of teams that you're going to find yeah. some overlap in the groups, but it's not many. No, um, no. and, um, so we, we drew the number one seeds at random and then the two seeds at random and the three seeds are random and four and five. And, you know, when we got into certain, there, there really, ironically, it was only three instances where you need to slide one person to the left and one person to the right. Um, because, you know, that's the divisional opponent matchup and, and things like that, which, which again, everybody wanted. So it, it really wasn't that difficult to do. It was just making it more akin to FIFA and, and UEFA and and doing it the way soccer is really done worldwide. Um, and I think we've done, you know, something really, really unique in the short conference that I get that again, I think, um, you know, we're kind of the model for the state.
0: So I'll give you my, like my reaction to this, I guess my critique of it is, and I'm like the non-feeling, like neutral driver. Like I don't care if the kids don't get to make the short. I watch this every year, so like, and I have to remind myself, like these guys are only getting to do this like one or two years. Most Mm -hmm. of them, maybe some of them get to play three years, four years of varsity, but they all, you know, they only get one shot at this. So if you miss the short conference tournaments, like
4: oh my god, yeah,
0: it's a big miss. So I'm looking at it as like the non-feeling person who's looking at this, like, all right, you have these four team groups, like this is awesome, like these group games are meaningful. So like, you could be a good team like Homedale and get knocked out, which is what like the world cup is. What was, was there any balance or concern? Like going from the four team groups where it is like FIFA, it is like the world cup, you know, not to play like the, everybody gets a trophy card, but did too many, did enough people like say things like, well, you can't have this team miss. We want a division or we, we can't, how do we not make it this year? Did you, did you, Was the push really strong to to kind of placate those teams and say, like, you're right, we need to get more of those teams in versus wanting to keep like what it was, which was the group, a World Cup style, two teams in two teams out. Go get them If you lose, you go home.
7: Yeah, listen, I again, I think there's a lot of validity on both sides. I don't think there was necessarily a a really overwhelming push to 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 really move to five or four like I think it, you know it, it was definitely more to the five side
0: yeah right? that sounds like that's that's what, that's what and what again 27 wanted. teams is about what you see most years so as much as it doesn't look like a world cup it does look like a short conference tournament which is what this is
7: yeah and and I think there's a lot of you know you're 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 weighing tradition and like traditionally going back uh, twenty years ago, it was division winners gone in, and then you seated everybody else, and there were sixteen teams in. So it, there's a, there's a lot of you know pros and cons on both sides. I think with with twenty seven, you're you're looking at um, a situation where you, you know you get a team that's seven one and one, and they're not getting excluded when they could definitely be in there. You know, and the you know you, you have a team playing for a sectional championship. Um, so it was more to the point of. If you were at 22 and you're looking at a very, very specific criteria, which will still exist for next year, um, you couldn't at 22, you really couldn't pick and choose right who should get in where maybe a team was tied for second place, but then lost in goal differential and criteria and and really wasn't a second place team versus a a third place team that was really, really good. Yes, yes. Um, And, you know, when you sit in that committee room at the seating time, A lot of people were like, damn, that team, that teams really good. And you're like, I don't disagree with you, (laughs) you know, but they didn't make the tournament. So I think adding those, those five teams, it's, it's very similar to uh, the NCAA tournament, right. In, in in men's and women's basketball, where you have those play in games, right. Or those teams that kind of qualify and they're like the bubble teams that get in. Um, But I think the one thing that you'll see that's different this year is the way teams are scheduled. Right. Um, certainly, if I'm coaching, I might, and I'm a one or two t- seed in my bracket. Right. Um, in my group, I might not want to play that one or two seed right off the bat. Maybe I want to play that as the last game. Yeah. And we could see some really, really exciting games. Like the day of, there was several games the last week where winning you're in, losing you're yes. out. You know. And I think that's that's the excitement of it because it, that still exists in in the format, and and nothing's really changed with that.
0: Yeah we'll have so many more questions about coaches cup and like the, the consolation matchups, mm-hmm. but we kept the girls waiting long enough. Yes. yes. And we're going to get to them next after this, Josh Mel, the freehold borough AD and the director of the shore conference Boys soccer tournament. Thanks for your time. And uh, we'll be talking plenty about this over the next 11 months. I yeah, think so time. go get them. Thanks, Josh. Thanks.
1: The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring in the right way to film it is in slow motion, obviously, because authentic ingredients make a sub above.
2: Major distribution labels call me, Bad Bunny, no was this a robbery, 500 million just for Aubrey. Yeah, Major distribution high popping, mention me to be the hottest topic, same place you sing it. Jobin'.
3: So, check it. So many people come into the recovery lounge here and actually ask, what's the big difference between the infrared sauna and the traditional sauna that's sitting behind me here? There's really not a humongous difference in the actual benefits. It's really within the experience. So, the infrared sauna is going to be a lot milder of a heat. You're going to be able to sit in there, converse with your friends, converse with whoever's sitting next to you. Where in the traditional sauna, it's going to be a lot more of an intense heat. It might almost feel like you're getting put through a workout. You might actually be out of breath and reducing the fact that you might not be talking with that person next to you. So with the benefits, though, you know, you're going to have a lot of similarities. You're going to have improved athletic recovery, a big one, improved cardiovascular health, improved stress, improved skin and anti-aging benefits. Well, the experience may be different between these two saunas. The benefits are similar. The choice is yours.
5: We are back with Nick Lowe, who uh, came on with us this year and he's been covering girls soccer, doing a phenomenal job going out uh, to those games. Um, He's been teaching me a lot about soccer. I'm, I'll admit I'm not a soccer guy, but uh, he's been uh, he's been a good resource uh, for Shore Sports Network, and uh, he's he's been on the beat for a little bit. Uh, before we roll into the groups, I did forget one sponsor that is involved with soccer, and that is Surf Taco. Uh, they we do our team of the week through Surf Taco, and they they've been uh, wonderful as well. They said. We won't do boys team of the week unless we do girls team of the week. So they, they are definitely on par with uh, with some of our philosophies of what we are moving forward because we want to definitely be inclusive in that sense. So on to the girls groups. Here we go. The girls group A. Pulling the one seed are the Red Bank Catholic Casey's, followed by the Brick Memorial Mustangs, the Marlboro Mustangs, Donovan Catholic Griffins, and the Keyport Red Raiders. Nick. What's your thoughts?
8: Well, right away, we got a rematch of the Red Bank, Catholic Casey's, and the Burke Memorial Mustangs. They both finished 1-2 this past season in their group play for the Shore Conference Tournament. Red Bank Catholic won 2-1 to in that game. Uh, Brick Memorial finished second. And uh, that's what stands out right away. And Marlboro, uh, even though they got the – second seed in group two this past year. They actually finished tied with Tom's river North. Uh, So another very uh, competitive, like right off the bat, that's a very competitive bracket.
5: All right, moving on. We've got girls group B leading off with the Jackson Memorial Jaguars, followed by the Colts net Cougars, the Tom's river East Raiders, Monmouth regional Falcons and the Ranny Panthers. Jackson Memorial, actually, I think, yeah, Jackson
8: Memorial and Colts Neck, another, they were both in the same group this year. Jackson Memorial won, Colts Neck finished second uh, in the group, so uh, pretty funny that the first two groups we're looking at, both the one and twos are exactly the same. Times River East, uh, they got into the tournament this year by uh, defeating Ocean. Uh, This is a pretty competitive group. Monmouth Regional, one of the best seasons they've had in a long time. 11 wins this season. And, you know, know, Rainey is, you know, they're still rebuilding, building a program over there. But competitive group, uh, it's just funny that you're looking at the top two teams again.
5: Definitely, definitely. All right, so moving on, we've got Girls Group C leading off with the Central Regional Golden Eagles, who've been, Pretty dominant all this year, so we'll see how they are next year. Then the Rumson Fairhaven Bulldogs, the newcomers of the New Egypt Warriors, Madawan Huskies, and the Long Branch Green Wave. How's this group looking there?
8: Well, Central is losing a uh, couple key seniors, so it'll be interesting how they can make up uh, that scoring that they're losing. Uh, Rumson is always competitive every year. New Egypt, if you look at the PowerPoints, comes in par with uh, Shore Regional – so don't know. Obviously, I don't know much about New Egypt being outside the short Conference, and Manitowan, you know, Long Branch, two similar teams. So this is an interesting bracket, just because with uh, kids graduating, uh, it's it's up for grabs.
5: Yeah, it seems like from what we talked with Matt, Central Regional was the two seed there, one seed in the in the girls. They just have a good soccer program, so they just rebuild year in. So I, I think they'll be all right going next year. Yeah. All right, moving on, we've got girls Group D. Leading off with the Manalapan Braves, the St. Johnny Vianney Lancers, the Shore Regional Blue Devils, the Barnegat Bengals, and the Neptune Scarlet Flyers.
8: Well, obviously right away, you know, Manalapan, very good team. They bring about a a good portion of their team. They do graduate a couple key seniors. Big
5: win this year they had.
8: They had a very big win, (laughs) and they're hoping, you know, they got a big game tomorrow against Monroe, hoping to get back to the Central Jersey Group 4 Finals. Uh, SJV always tough they do graduate a good portion of uh, their starting lineup Shore Regional a younger team uh, I would say you would see them uh, compete for one of the top spots in that group Barney also another young team that I expect to see uh,
5: a big improvement next season All right moving on we've got girls group E Number one seed is the Howell Rebels, followed by the Lacey Lions, the Red Bank Bucks, Freehold Borough Colonials, and the Pinelands Wildcats.
8: Obviously, Howell, big game tomorrow against Freehold for the semifinal, Central Jersey Group Four. I would say probably front runner. They do graduate a couple key pieces, but they also bring a lot of key pieces back. Lacey is also bringing back they're they're all their, their older scoring so they're another tough team uh, in that group RBR graduating a lot of kids this year and you know freehold free pine lands freehold you know the best their goalie is coming back so uh it's an interesting group a lot of graduation with the you know the one seed and the three and the three seed so it's up in the air
5: all right we got girls group F the number one seed are the Manasquan Warriors, followed by Tom's River North Mariners, Ocean Township Spartans, the St. Rose Purple Roses, and the Lakewood Piners.
8: Now, everybody knows the great season Manasquan's having this season. Went to the semifinals, of the Shore Conference Tournament, for first time in school history. They do graduate a lot of the starting lineup. Tom's River North, which has always been a powerhouse in the shore. You've seen a kind of shift in Tom's River, though. Ocean Ocean's a, a team that it would not surprise me they come out of, of Group F next season.
5: All right, moving on, we've got Group G. Leading off with the Point Burrow Panthers, the Trinity Hall Monarchs, the Point Beach Garnet Goals, Homedale Hornets, and the Southern Regional Rams. Potential to be a
8: very exciting group right there, Point Burrow. Brings back a good portion of the team. Trinity Hall as well. Uh, Trinity Hall is playing in the non-public uh, South Jersey non-public A semifinals against RBC on Friday. Point Beach also bringing back majority of their team ne- uh, next season, so it, it's a very exciting group. Homedale, two big upsets to start the state tournament, so they could feed
5: off that going into next season as well. All right, moving on. We've got girls soccer Group H. Number 1 seed, the Freehold Township Patriots, then the Wall Knights, Manchester Hawks, the Brick Dragons, and the Raritan Rockets.
8: Right off the top, Freehold and Wall, looking ahead to next season, I would say both starting the season in the top five in the Shore Conference. Uh, Freehold, people are going to say, is their run starting in the end? They're graduating a couple key pieces this year.
5: Who is Freehold bringing back next year out of this core group?
8: Uh, Danielle Howard is coming back to me, uh, not getting the rec- recognition she should have this season, really picked up the pace when Haley Santiago got injured. She- she'll be back, uh, actually more of a goalie coming back. She'll be a senior, four-year starter, hasn't missed a game in that. So having that kind of experience and that is yeah.
5: always big. All right. And then the last group for girls soccer, we've got Group I. With the one seed being the Middletown South Eagles followed by the Tom's River South Indians, the Middletown North Lions, the Jackson Liberty Lions, and the Asbury Park Blue Bishops. Now, the top three
8: teams in this group graduate some key things, key players, but they also are bringing back a lot of key players. Middletown South winning their first ever short conference tournament. Tom's River South has a nice mixture, of some young talent that got significant playing time this year. Middletown North, similar they're graduating. A couple key pieces, but uh, Jamie Melanda, their 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 stud there is only going to is going to be senior next year
5: awesome so that, that rounds out for the girls soccer groups for next year and before we bounce out of here um just give me a quick rundown of what we're looking at for the rest of the way with the playoffs currently underway all
8: right big day tomorrow we'll start in south jersey group one both point beach is playing and Shore regional is playing in group in group 1, Shore Regional, I think, has a 6.30 game. Uh, and, and I don't know what time point Beach is playing. But a potential matchup, again, uh, those two teams always seem to meet in Central Jersey Group 1, whether it's the semifinals or the finals. So hopefully we get lucky enough and two Shore teams meet in the finals for Central Jersey Group 1. Group 2, four Shore teams in the semifinals. You have Rumson traveling to Manasquan tomorrow. And Homedale traveling to Wall. Homedell's gonna can they keep this run going after beating the one seed and the eight seed? And Wall just had a big win against Point Borough as the five seed. So group three, we have Middletown South, the defending champions for Central Jersey group three as the one seed. And they uh, Brick Memorial is the three seed, has a home game, the two seed got upset last round. They met last year, both teams, in the group finals. It could be, hopefully, we could get a rematch again of Middletown South versus Brick Memorial. And group four, you have Manalpin playing Monroe at Monroe at 5 o'clock. The earlier game, Freehold versus Howell. Teams know each other very well. The Freehold, obviously, defending group four champions want to get back there. And Menalpin... Uh, Lost dramatic fashion last year to freehold in the finals. They want to get back and show you know, prove what they did earlier this season was not a fluke. And in non public A for uh South Jersey, you got RBC playing Trinity Hall, the two and the three seed on Friday. St. John Vianney defeated the number one seed yesterday, Notre Dame. So they're still in uh contention as. I don't know what seed. Apologize, don't know what seed St. John Vianney is, but uh, they're in contention. Hopefully, we, you know, obviously we're going to get a short team on the bottom of bracket. St. John Vianney could keep their run. We could get an all-shore final for South Jersey non-public A.
5: So out of the out of all these groups, do we have what? Who are your favorites to actually hang a banner, be a sectional finalist? We
8: can't forget Central Regional, South okay. Jersey Group Four. They are a favorite with number one Eastern being knocked off. So I, I believe they're, they're ch- very good chances, obviously the way they've been playing all season. It's really tough. You know, I would think Freehold, I could see F- Freehold will be the team raising the banner in Central Jersey Group 4. Brooklyn Memorial, Middletown South. Middletown South is probably the hottest team in the Shore conference right now, especially the run they had in the Shore conference tournament. But if Brick's playing their game, you know, they're they're tough to beat too. So I would say that's a 50-50 game right there. And in Central Jersey group two, Wall, just Wall is a very complete team all over the field. They do have a 2-0 victory against Madison. But you can't count Rumpson out. You know, Keenan in, in the back line, you know, going to northwestern, leads that team from the back. Katie Wall Walls Walls. The goalie, senior goalie, a lot of experience. So uh, it's really up. In, it's really that's how good the short conference is. The team's just so competitive.
5: Gotcha. All right. So uh wrapping it up. I, I really appreciate you guys tuning in um and listening to to Matt ramble on for a while about boy soccer. If you're waiting for the girls, he's uh he's throwing me some signs up. Um, and overall, uh follow us on Instagram at Shore Sports Network. On Twitter at Shore Sports Net, not enough characters for network. Um, but we've got Matt Manley on soccer. We've on um, boys soccer. We've got Nick Lowe on girls soccer. We've got Bob Batters on football. We got Scott Stump back in the house for football. Um, we've got John Corelli on volleyball right now. So we we're, we're, there's a lot going on at the Shore Sports Network. So you can always check us out at shoresportsnetwork.com. Download our app and stay tuned in the coming months for a brand new website launch. Uh, with a lot more features and functionality, and it's going to be awesome. So, uh, stick with us with Shore Sports Network. Um, signing off. This I'm Scott Martin. This is Nick Lowe, Matt Manley in the Hall, Josh Mell in the in the in the Hall. See you guys later.